And welcome, everybody. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show, and it is a great day. Hello, Adrian, my son. Hello, my father. My son, my son. This is pretty <laughs> cool because we have got really the king of legacy, the king of everything going on as far as a son taking over for his father. We've got a great show for you today. We've got Tom Ziegler, and I am telling you one thing right now. I have been chasing this guy for years. Thank you, Doug Fireboth. Thank you. Bob Bodine for finally hooking us up and getting him on this show because I've been scared of him for so long. I was scared to reach out myself and he probably would have said yes instantly. Like he did when I finally sent him a request, unbelievable guy. You just got to ask, right? That's exactly right. And yeah, it's, you know, to, to get to learn from Tom to, you know, feel like I have learned from your dad for many years and, and just to get to have a conversation about, what it's like to carry on a legacy in, of such epic proportions that you're doing is really exciting. So welcome to the show, Tom. I tell you what, I'm honored to be here. Uh, it does my heart good to see a father son sitting side by side, towing the rope together, making a difference in people's lives. Uh, I had that privilege for many years and there's nothing better than that. I can just tell you that right now. And to be doing congruent messaging, you know, where you're, you know, you're kind of both saying the same thing to two different generations, but tying it up in the middle. And that's what he's done. And we really modeled it so much after your life. You have no idea what an effect you've had on Adrian and I. And I want to thank you personally. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for that. It's, it's just, again, it's just an honor to be here. So let's talk about the present a little bit. What is Tom Ziegler doing now? And then we'll wheel it backwards and then forward. Perfect. Well, the Zig Ziglar Corporation is still going, Ziglar Inc. Uh, we've got six and a half million followers on Facebook. And you know what? People still need hope and encouragement. It's crazy that the more things change, the more things never change, right? It just seems to just keep on keeping on. We're primarily focused. My, my personal mission is to create the atmosphere that allows you to become the person God created you to become. And so that's that's how I approach everything that I do from a personal level. From a business level, we are dedicated to equipping, supporting, inspiring, encouraging speakers, trainers, and coaches. That's primarily who we work with, people who we equip to take the Ziegler message out. And we've got over 500 coaches now that are out with our material and we've got speakers and trainers around the world. And it's just awesome. We still have the personal development programs, you know, the audios, the, the books, all the life changing material. Uh, but that's where I'm focused is really equipping other people to take out this message. And how serious do you take it? This is this is not what you do part time. It's not what you do full time. It's what you do all the time. You know, uh, for years, you know, dad never needed a, what he called an electronic rooster, right? He never needed an opportunity clock. He, he just got up on his own because he had a dream. He had a vision, something he wanted to do. I'm the same way. So I wake up every day excited about this and all of the disruption that people have been going through, all the changes, all the craziness. I just get more excited every day because people's hearts are ready for the truth, right? People want to know what is, I've, I've tried these ways and it's not working out. What, what, what can I do to create the future I want? And more people are receptive to that message than they've ever been. That is, <clears throat> that is so huge. 
And you're exactly right. You know, we've been through such a crazy, crazy time and, and we're still in it, right? Like, you know, I, there's some return to normalcy. I don't even necessarily know what normalcy even is anymore. And there are so many ways that, you know, life is maybe forever changed by what we have done in the last couple of years and what we have all collectively gone through. And Tom, you spent a lot of time thinking about that and and really putting some some not only thought re and also research into what has been the impact of these last couple of years and how do we move forward powerfully, right? Yeah, hundred percent. There's a great book uh, by Nassim Taleb called The Black Swan. And yep. just to boil it down to real simple, uh, he's, because you know, when you do what we do, uh, you get into some uncomfortable conversations sometimes. And we had Andy Andrews come to our conference last month and uh, he, he talked about the concept of the little T and the big T. Okay. So little T truth and big T truth. <laughs> so, so what's that mean? It means that I, I can believe something that's true for me, but it's not the truth right? There's a difference. There's the truth. And then there's what I might believe. And those are two different things. And so out of that book, The Black Swan, one of the comments that he said, all the research is that the people who do best after a black swan event. So what's a black swan event? It's, it's a world war. It's a financial crisis. It's a pandemic. It's a tsunami, you know, huge. The ones that do the best are the ones who let go of the way it was and focus on the now, right? That's who's going to win. And so, so many people are trapped in the past, right? Of, oh, you know, until we, this has got to go back to the way it was. When in the reality is, is that disruption, some people call it problems, but actually disruption creates opportunity. And I believe our purpose here on earth is to serve our fellow human beings to help them solve problems and so there have never been more problems to solve than right now which means we have more opportunity than we've ever had and what we've got to have is the what i call the pray for rain mindset which i learned from tom watson and what is it what is that what's the pray for rain mindset what does that mean <laughs> so tom watson won uh eight majors he was a professional golfer won eight major championships, five of them British Opens. And they said, how did you win five British Opens? Well, the British Open, they just had it. It's notorious for bad weather, right? It, the wind blows. It'll, it'll, it'll change temperature 30 degrees in a day. You know, sometimes you'll get sleet. I mean, it's crazy. And this is what he said. He said when he was an elite golfer, he said, when I entered a tournament and there was 150 players when I'm playing at my best, I only have to be 20 of them. He said, but when the weather's bad, I only have to be five of them because everybody <laughs> else has given up. And yeah. so they're asking, what do you do to prepare? He says, I pray for rain. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that is cool. And yeah. so as a leader, as somebody wanting to make a difference for my family, as somebody who's trying to make a mark in, in, the, in the business world, when I embrace disruption and say, this gives me the advantage, right? Because I look for opportunities. I look for problems to solve. And it's, it's the bear in the woods story. The two hikers are hiking up in 
up in Alaska and they finish the day, they take their boots off, they're sitting by the fire and the grizzly comes in. And the first hiker says, oh no, we're going to get eaten by the bear, run. And the second hiker starts tying up his boots. And the first hiker says, what are you doing tying up your boots? We got to run. And the second hiker says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just got to outrun you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. And so when all this change comes, when all the disruption happens and we have the mindset of, I'm so grateful it's raining because there's more people to serve, more problems to solve. And yeah, you know, I might not like being wet, but you know what? People are more receptive to solutions than they've ever been. And when we are in the people business, which is what we're really in, people get confused. They think they work for a company or they work for themselves. No, you work, you're in the people business. And so when you start solving and serving people and solving the problems that people have, that's when you get ahead. That is, that, that is so true. And so often, you know, no matter what business you're in, we're all in the people business. And I think that's a, a lesson that is so often overlooked or forgotten or moved past in the name of some new strategy or tactic or whatever. And, you know, where all the leverage exists in my experience, and it sounds like in yours too, is, is through the people. And so, Tom, you, you recently put out a book actually talking about this, you know, how to operate in these disruptive times, right? Absolutely. 10 leadership virtues for disruptive times. That's so, so cool. And so talk about what went into creating that book. And we're going to share a link here in the chat on Facebook uh, for, for you to go and check that out. Talk about, you know, how, how did you guys develop that book and, and what was the research that went into it? Yeah. So the backstory is I'd done uh, choose to win, which is a book uh, that came out in 2019. I did it with Thomas Nelson. And when they did the book deal, they said, Tom, we want you to do two books. And I got kind of excited about that. But then I said, but I have no idea what the second book will be. And they said, oh, you've got a year to figure it out. So, <laughs> so I started writing this book at the end of 2019 and then the pandemic hit. And so I knew the book had to change. Uh, and so I started just what's changing, what's going on? Well, we had that shutdown. You remember when everybody had to stay home? I do. 60 million hours a day were saved in commute time during that time. <laughs> that and the spooky. Yeah. And so everybody thought, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. Well, productivity went up for any job. And by the way, there's about 125 million, quote unquote, jobs in the United States, 60 million of them can be done from anywhere. They can be done from home. They can be, you know, you don't have to go to an office. They can be hybrid. They can be full on remote or nomad or any of those situations. And productivity actually went up. People started taking that save commute time and they put 33% back into their work. And, and so one of the big changes, and this is what I really focus on, especially with kind of old school, traditional, hierarchical, top-down leaders, is they are fixated on measuring output. You know, how, how long are you at the desk? How long are you on the phone? How many times, you know, how many keystrokes? How many units? But we, we should be measuring outcomes. Yeah. Right? 
how comes is what it's about. And so all these changes started happening. I was talking to a friend and in in this is like a year ago and he said, "You know what? I got a good friend. Uh and he's he sells uh high-end uh, computer testing equipment, like big system-wide stuff, a lot of it international. So he's always traveled like three out of four weeks, a lot of international trips. So to go and see one customer might take him four days. And he said, you know, he's made more money in the last two years than he ever made in his career. That's amazing. That is so cool. And hey, we got to take a we're going to take a quick break here, Tom. So let's pick up. I want to keep talking about the book on the other side of the break. If you're listening on the radio with us, go to Ziglar, Z-I-G-L-A-R.com. You'll see a pop-up when you get there that's going to show you how to go get hold of this amazing, amazing book. You are listening to Legacy Leadership with Adrian and Tom Chenault, and we'll be back right after this. Wow, you hit that break like a magician. <laughs> Thomas, oh, you yeah. are so cool. And we got about 10 seconds here before we go back on. We don't have commercials here. But we do have hard breaks for the AM radio people because right. it goes out on that Genesis communication network. Totally. totally. <laughs> so we're going to let, let's this next segment's a short, a shorter one. It's only about seven minutes. Let's keep talking about the book. And then I want to dig into some legacy stuff on, you bet. on the next one. I'll so, finish that story. Yeah. And we're back. It is Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault. And it is Tommy the Tom Tom Ziggler. And we're pretty excited about this guy. Adrian keeps saying Tom and I almost answer, but it's to the wrong Tom. So that's pretty cute. He normally calls me dad anyway, but I'm confused. And uh, the great Jordan Adler is listening, which is very, very cute. Love that guy. And uh, man alive, Tom Ziggler, you have accomplished so much. And to see a son pick up the flag that his father was carrying and do even better is really, really cool. But you were finishing a story. So go ahead and tell us the rest of that. And then we'll talk a little bit more about your book. Yeah. So the punchline of that story is he said, my friend's making more money than ever. Why do you think that is? And I said, well, tell me more about him. And he said, well, you know, he spends half his time at his, at his beach house and the other half his time at his main house. And he just does Zoom now. And I said, so he can have four meetings in a day instead of two meetings a week? And he said, yeah. And I said, and he gets to spend time with his family? And he said, yeah. And I said, he gets to work out whenever he wants to? And he said, yeah. And he gets to choose his food rather than having travel food? He said, yeah. I said, do you think his brain works any better? <laughs> of course it does. So what's the point? Dad said back in the 70s, he's, he said this. He said, if standard of living is your goal, quality of life almost never goes up. But if quality of life is your goal, your standard of living almost always goes up. And so what's happened in the pandemic is millions and millions and millions of people now have a bigger emphasis on quality of life. And so as a leader, when I start caring about my people and their quality of life in every area of life, their mental, their spiritual, their physical, their family, their financial, their personal, and their career, when I really care how they're doing in all those areas and my people know that I'm helping to support them, then that's a game changer because if my quality of life is strong, I'm not going to burn out from stress. You know, I'm going to be able to handle the ups and downs if I'm solid in all those areas. And so that was one of the big things that we've learned in the pandemic is quality of life is key. Yeah. 
that I love that. And, and I, I think we proved to ourselves that it's possible, right? It's possible. There's so much that can be done just through the power of an internet connection from just about anywhere in the world. And so that is a beautiful thing. And I think it challenged all of us as leaders to, you know, to figure out what it's going to look like on the other side of this pandemic and on the other side of this huge lockdown and all the stuff that we went through to say, okay, well, how do we, how do we carry forward the best of what we learned from this experience? And how do we also make sure that we're meeting the needs of our people, you know, as things, as the pendulum starts to swing back a little bit. And for me, one of the things that is really critical that maybe was not as good during that, that lockdown period is that there was, you know, potentially this sort of sense of isolation and, and maybe burnout too. And so as we come out of that, you know, what do you think are some ways that we as leaders or we as people who are, you know, entrepreneurs working from home, how do we continue to cultivate human connection more powerfully? Yeah, it's real simple. Uh, there's a, there's a job sage study and the study is the, the jewels that come out of it are amazing. They, they surveyed 2000 people to ask how they've done over the last two years. 28% of them said that they quit their job because of mental health reasons. Yeah. Big corporations, their number one issue is mental health reasons. So then they dug in and they said, well, what was it about that? What caused you to quit in the mental health category? There were three, three reasons. The first one was stress and burnout. The second one was depression. And the third one was lack of motivation. And so here's the answer to the question. So at Ziegler, we don't focus on the problem. We focus on the solution. So what's the answer to stress and burnout? The antidote is quality of life. It's balanced success. So I've got to first make sure that my people are doing well in all areas. If I'm building a relationship, I need to know them personally. How are the kids? How's the family? How are the finances? How are you getting along? The second is, they said, was depression. Well, my good friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin says, the opposite of depression isn't happiness. The opposite of depression is purpose. Wow. Right? So what we got to do is we got to say, hey, hey, what's your purpose? What, what's your why? Why are you doing what you do? And when we tell them, if we're working with them, hey, there's, this is the mission of our business. And the better you do in the business, the faster you get your why, your purpose. That's a win. And then the third one is lack of motivation. That's why they quit. So what's the antidote? It's goals and growth. So as a leader, if I can work with my people and say, hey, what goals do you have? Fantastic. I want to help you get that. So how are you going to grow in order to make that happen? And so you, you put together a growth plan. And when people are growing for a purpose and they have quality of life, they're fired up, right? Stress and burnout and all those things go away. All right, let's take another quick break. We're going to take a short break. Then it will be a long segment, so stick around for that. This is the Legacy Leadership Show on the Genesis Communication Network. Thank you, Ted Anderson, for all of your radio stations and keeping us on the air so long. We love you. We will be right back. boy, Two down, one to go. <laughs> all right, we got a little bit more time on the other side of this one, so that's good. That, that seg segment's always a tough one. It goes too quick. Yeah, you're a rock star, Tom, and it's just so beautiful to see you so absolutely lucid, so continuing the, the party, but coming with original thought. I love the Black Swan, and uh, that's a, very few people call that book up. 
but it's unbelievable. Here we go. Did you read Anti-Fragile? Yep. And we are back. It is Tom Chenault. It is Adrian Chenault, and it's Tom Ziegler. And what a man, huh? What what a man. And it was so fun because you know I, I went and, and spent some time on Ziegler.com just familiarizing myself with what you've been up to lately, familiarizing myself with who you are and, and some podcasts that you've been on. And the number, I, I would guess that if we did like a, one of those word bubble things on your website, that one of the number one words that would show up is the word legacy. And so I love how much you think about legacy, how much you honor the legacy of your father and how you are carrying it forward in your own way. And so Let's talk about that. You know, I'd love to just you know dive into a little bit of background of you know as a young man getting plugged into the family business and what that experience was like. You know, starting at the bottom and and working your way to the top and eventually leave, you know taking the mantle for yourself. What was that like, Tom? Yeah, so it was. Uh, I'll just shoot it straight. You know, when I was in college, I wanted to be a PGA Tour professional. <laughs> Played a lot. Hank Haney was actually my instructor. You're so, kidding. Yeah. So my claim to fame is I taught him what not to do. <laughs> uh, he was he was uh, a rising star working with several tour players. And I got to work with him for a couple of years. I, I got good enough to know how good those guys are. Let's just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. And I started at the company to feed my golf habit. Uh, I worked in the warehouse and then in production. And then I realized, you know what, this isn't my future, moved into sales, fell in love with sales. I mean, just love it. Um, and like, this is a side note, but one of my hobbies is I like to study uh, Hebrew, uh, like the original, like the Hebrew language and the original words and selling in Hebrew. There's two words for it. I'm not going to say the words. One of them is like a low moral value word. It just means uh, like transaction. The other one's a high moral value, right? It has a lot of standing. Of course, Hebrew uh, letters have numerical values to them. So this is a high standing value word. And the definition kind of sounds like this. When you to sell means that you look into the future of someone and you could see the pain or difficulty they're going to go through. And then you help them avoid that. Wow. And so is if you have a product or service that prevents somebody from going through pain or difficulty, you actually have a moral responsibility to sell. And so you, that gives you the conviction to go in. Uh, I remember, so, so I started off with dad and we were on a trip and I was the, I was the bad guy, right? So I'm carrying the pump, the old fashioned water pump and, and we've got a product table and I'm selling the books and cassette tapes and VHS. This is like 30 years ago in the back of the room and we get done and we're uh, it's a, it's 11 o'clock at night on Friday night. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a networking event because it was Friday night and it was late. We hadn't eaten dinner. And so we're driving back to the hotel in, in Atlanta and he says, do you want to stop and get something to eat? Well, what, what's a 27 year old going to say? <laughs> so we go into Denny's and they see this and this nice lady comes up and she was probably close to 70 wow. and she takes our drink order and she walks off and dad looks at me and he says, son, what a shame. 
an insurance man didn't do his job. And I had no idea what he meant. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, son, how old do you think the lady is? And I said, close to 70. And he said, yeah, and I can guarantee you 40 years ago, the odds of her sitting down with her husband with an insurance person covering their future, he didn't get the sale. Yeah. Do you think she wants to be here on Friday night at midnight? So that was like, you know, that's how dad taught legacy when he, when he said, Hey, it's not what you do. It's why you do it and the problem that you solve. And then when you know why you do it and the problem you solve, it changes how you do it. And when you change how you do it, it opens all the opportunities in the world up. Right. But you've got to get that. Why? So I worked the way through the business. I've been the president and CEO um, for quite some time now, but it's just, it's a mission. It's, 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 it's a life-changing mission and I'm just blessed to be in it. That is so cool. You know, it, it couldn't always have been easy growing up and, and coming up in the business, uh, you know, with such an incredibly, you know, well-known, well-respected dad. And so how, you know, how did you navigate that personally to find your own way and, and to, to make your own mark in, in the world, even as you carry forward this family legacy. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk about a turning point, uh, about gosh, about six, 15 years ago. Now people started saying, Tom, you need to go speak. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have the best speaker in the world, right? We've got a team of presenters who are just world-class. I was kind of the behind the scenes operations guy. Yeah. And they're like, no, you need to go and talk. And so I finally did my first speech and it went pretty good. You know, I liked it. Uh, but man, my stomach was a knot. And then I got asked again and I went and did it and it went pretty good and I liked it. But man, it was just gut wrenching. And this went on for about a year. And finally, I had to say, you know, why am I? Why am I this way? And I realized this, I told myself a lie. You see, what I was telling myself was that people wanted me to be like dad. And what they were really saying was, no, we want you to be you, but we want you to uphold the principles, the virtues and the values that your dad stood for. And so what it really allowed me at that point was just to step into my gifts and talents that nobody else has just me and i'm a nerd I'm like i'm an off the charts nerd i you know and i and i'm not going to run around on stage and put my knee down and, and you know like dad did nobody could do that that was zig ziglar and so that was a real turning point and then i remember dad saying to me and to my sisters you'll never know true freedom until i'm gone wow and it's because there's this, it wasn't an obligation. We loved it, but we wanted to support him and elevate him and, and do all those things. But because we were working in the business, we felt that, well, yeah, but guess what? Now, you know, he, he passed away almost 10 years ago. And before that, he wasn't traveling too much and we were making plans for, for the change. The skill set, the personality, the things that he brought to the table, none of us had. And if we tried to copy him, this thing would have gone, it would have gone south-assed. It was hard enough as it was. 
But when you lean into, and you know, dad said this, dad had a definition of success. Success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. Holy cow. That's unbelievable. So looking back on it, 10 years, your dad's been gone 10 years. You worked with him for a long, long time. What would you have done differently if you had it all to be able to rewind and do? Yeah. So, you know, this is, I won't call it a a regret, but I would definitely do it differently. Okay. So I come to work in the business in my early twenties, climbing the chain. And meanwhile, dad is doing like 30 major events with Get Motivated seminars, all the greatest speakers in the world. And when I started probably the first 15 years, he was doing at least 10 and usually 20 or 30 corporate events. Uh, The Fortune 500 companies, the who's who, the executive boardrooms, uh, you know, Amway events with 50,000 people. I mean, all of these. And he's meeting with the the top leaders in the world right i mean he had a dinner with with uh gorbachev and margaret thatcher uh and colin powell in the same room i mean i mean i don't think i'd get invited to that one but but my (laughs) point was if i could change anything is anytime dad was going to meet with that level of leader if i'd just gone to start a relationship, carry his bag and understand what relationships really are about. I could have had such a a head start of contacts that would serve me the rest of my life. Now, all these people uh, that I could, they'll take my call because of dad. But if I'd been nurturing that as me for all those years, what an incredible opportunity that was, right? And and we didn't even know it, right? You're in the middle of it. You're making things happen. It's real important to make this phone call, you know? So dad, you go and talk to those guys who've got 40,000 employees on their company. You, you go meet with them and I'll make this phone call to Bubba, right? I mean, it's like both of them are important, but when you look at an opportunity like that, that's one thing that I would change. When we talk to people, not at your dad's level, not at your level, but at a very high level all the time. And they say the one thing that they regret is that they didn't remember, document, and continue relationships with everybody they ever met in their life. Because high-profile people have a tendency to have people coming at them all the time. And it becomes so routine that you forget how important continuing those are. And if all of you just pay attention to what he just said, that's his biggest regret that he didn't go into that room and develop a real relationship with every one of those people to last a lifetime. And when somebody like Tom Ziegler says that, think about that, how that pertains in your life, because the people that you're meeting are the same way. And all he's talked about in this whole show is that it's about the people. It's about relationships. It's the magic of business and how to get to the top, right? Yeah, it's, there's so much value there. And no matter, you know, whether, whether you're, you know, most of us can only dream of maybe having to get, you know, to, to somehow be a, a fly on the wall in a, a meeting like that with Gorbachev or Colin Powell or, you know, Margaret Thatcher. We all do, we get these opportunities to connect with people. And sometimes we got to remember that those are the things that have a far more lasting impact to build a relationship than to do the next thing on the to-do list. And, and it's really easy just to get, you know, there's there's this sort of 
tug, tug of war that happens as you're out there hustling to do the thing and sometimes slowing down to build a relationship is really, really where the magic happens. So I totally agree. We got about a minute to break. So, so Tom, advice to every one of these people in 30 seconds, you're not off the air. We're going to another break, but remember people is the key. Love people. Don't look past anybody. Don't look through anybody. Look at them. Right, Tom? That's right. Uh, the secret is how do you catch a unicorn? So I had, I was coaching a guy and he said, I want to get married. I said, who do you want to marry? He gave me the list of every character quality you can imagine, you know, fun, adventuresome, loving all the lists. I, he, and then he said, I, I described a unicorn, didn't I? They don't exist. How do you catch one? I said, you take that list and then you look at all the qualities that you would develop in yourself that would attract that person. There you Bingo. go. That's how you catch a unicorn. We want right. to live our life with unicorns, but we got to develop the qualities in ourselves that attract them. Beautiful. Are we out of here? We're back right after this. All right. All right. Yeah, this is so cool. <laughs> Tom, we want you back as fast as possible to talk about the 10 things in your book and your next book and your next book. I don't know how I've lived my life without you. So thank you. We're going to take, we're going to be back in a couple seconds. This was in the commercial. Jordan Adler. This is like your trip to Necker Island and your last cruise with Richard Branson last week. This is the kind of stuff that anybody can do if they have the guts to have relationships. And we're back. It is Tom Chenault. It's Adrian Chenault. It is the Legacy Leadership Radio Show. And man, is it fun watching my twin son of another dad. So that is so cool. Tom, you are awesome. Don't you love him? I, I do. And I, I have learned so much on this show already today. Just, you know, the, the heart and you, you hit the nail on the head. It really resonated for me when you were sharing about the fact that, you know, you're, you're cut from the same cloth literally as your dad. And yet you have a unique set of, of, you know, skills and passions. And there's things that are special about Tom that are different from Zig and, and you didn't need to be Zig. And I, I have learned that same thing, right? There's, there's a huge difference in our personality profiles and our makeups. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. And we can yet pour into the same legacy and the same values and the same principles. And so, you know, Tom, that's what I'd love to ask you, you know, as you look out over the next 10 years of your life, you know, what is the legacy that you are creating right now? And how can we get in the game to help you accomplish that? Those are the two things we want to know. All right. And so the book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times, we've created what we call a coach leadership coaching program where we actually coach leaders how to coach their people. And it's based on three ideas. You got to have the right mindset. Then there's the 10 virtues. The 10 virtues are, uh, everybody says, love your people, but they don't tell you how, yep. right? So the 10 virtues is how. And then the skill of how do you have a coaching conversation with someone? Because my heart is to change leaders. Why? The number one challenge in the, in the business world today is attracting, developing, and keeping top performers. That's the problem. And the issue is, is people have changed. Their values are different. They want autonomy. They want flexibility. And, and if I'm going to attract top performers, I got to give them that. And so 
But if we're on a team getting something done, how can I give somebody complete autonomy? Well, you've got to change your approach. You've got to change your leadership. And that's what we teach in there. And so that's that's my legacy is when when you impact a life, that's an amazing thing. When you equip a leader to impact an organization, that's a legacy, right? And so that's really what we're focused on. Let me ask you this. Your dad had the big personality and he was electric on the stage, but was he as good at creating the leadership duplication as you are? Ooh, that's a good question. I think they're two different, um, you know, dad's message. When you hear dad speak, it's like he's talking to you. I know that's the way I am, but nobody can hear, you know, it's hard to duplicate because you can't really emulate it. What he's done is he's taught everybody how to do what I do where I couldn't do it. And as I'm listening to you, I'll bet you nickels to donuts that you've (laughs) been able to take your dad's message and turn it into something that the world can duplicate and spread to the rest of the world. And that's really, really cool. We keep it super simple. Um, And that's really what I do with leaders is to, equip them and teach them on how to coach and develop their people. Cause what we want is we want, you know, Andy Andrews, there's a great quote. He said, as parents, our jobs are not to raise great kids. Our job is to raise great adults. Yeah. Wow. Right. As leaders, our job isn't to develop great employees. Our job is to develop great leaders. Right. And, and if they choose not to become a leader, like they like their, that's fine. That's great. But why not give them the mindset and the skills to not only lead themselves, but lead from their position? Don't you love the way he leans forward in that chair? Is that a rocking chair? Do you do that? That is so cool. I do do that. I'm going, I'm going to master that. And I'm going to put my nose right on the screen. Going, <laughs> yeah. That, that leverage and, and systematizing, you know, the, the magic of what your dad did from the stage to turn that into ways of creating lasting impact inside of companies, inside of human beings, and, and to just be thinking in terms of that, that ripple effect that you create when you equip a leader to then equip other people and to create more leaders down the line. That's, that's really what it's all about. And, and there's no better feeling, I would imagine, than seeing that lasting impact take take hold inside of an organization that you guys have spent time in, right? Amen. It's it's awesome. That is so cool. Well, we are so happy to have you and all of you listening to this show. The people above you, hypothetically, in the in the in the hierarchy of your company, probably will be very confronted by this message. And what you want to do is go to Ziggler.com. You want to go buy Tom's book. You want to get coached by him because you can affect that change in you, which is going to affect that change in everybody else. But if you're getting everybody else to change before you do, it's just like looking for the unicorn girl. It ain't going to happen. So make those changes inside of yourself with Ziggler.com and then come back to the rest of the people. Let them see the change in you. And I'm promising you things are going to happen, right? Yeah, that that's totally right. And uh, we didn't talk about this. So the, with the new book, when you go on Ziggler.com and you order it there, you can actually, you can send in your receipt and you'll get a signed copy, which is really, really neat. So I'm going to go and do that today. I'm sure you guys are going to want to as well. So Tom, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. 
Uh, it's an honor to get to know you, and we definitely would love to have you back here on the show with us anytime. Awesome. Count me in. I'm ready. Thanks for having me. So I appreciate yeah, it. He'll be back next week. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Thank you so much, Tom Ziegler. See you all later. All right. We'll be back next week on the later Legacy Leadership Show. Jack Silva, longtime, big-time network marketer, is going to be joining us. It is going to be a fantastic show. So thank you so much for listening to Legacy Leadership with Adrian Chenault, Tom Chenault, and Tom Ziegler. Have an awesome day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You.